Hi, I'm Lauren Stiving, and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. Today, we'll be joined by Christoph Bow. Christoph's career in Diageo spans a period of over 15 years where he has held various executive roles in the Caribbean, Latin America, Africa, and now Asia. He has built his reputation transforming businesses in emerging markets. He's passionate about fast-moving and challenging economies, which offer great opportunities to shape and deploy strategies based on the latest consumer, shopper, and customer trends. For this reason, we've invited him here today to discuss Southeast Asia, but more specifically, Indonesia. Welcome, Christoph. Thank you, uh, Lauren, to have me. Very pleased to be with you tonight. Well, thank you for joining us. And I'd like to start off, if you can just explain a bit about the current situation in Indonesia at the moment. Well, Indonesia, it's um, it's a very vibrant market. You know, we're part of Southeast Asia. It's naturally the, the most populated country here with more than 260 million people. And the vibrancy comes from, I will say, the economy. It's an economy that in the last 15 years has a CAGR of a plus 5% GDP growth. Uh, even slightly uh, higher. And uh, naturally, as I said, a, a very big population. Right? You make it very, very attractive, especially for FMCG company. But also what is um, very attracting is the fact that there is that sustainability in the performance on, on constant great performance. And there's a lot of public spend in terms of infrastructure to improve naturally the communication, improve the logistic in the country. And therefore, I will say it's, it's a country which is evolving very, very fast at a very high speed. And I think it's the, really the, the right time to be. To give you an idea, in Indonesia, there is more than 100,000 people that every year that get into the middle class category. And naturally, it's very attractive because of the purchasing power of these people, which is improving. And naturally, uh, these people are interesting to premiumize their lifestyle. And for a company like ours, um, uh, Diageo, and any other big FMCG company, it's a very, very interesting market to be in. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I will just you know, finish by saying it, it's really a, a country that is embedding the digital world. Right? It's, um, Indonesia is the market with the highest mobile penetration in the world. It's a market that when you see that today in Southeast Asia, there is 10 unicorns company, unicorn being... They started uh, today over a billion dollar revenue, and four of them are in Indonesia. And it, um, this is a company that five to six years ago didn't even exist. And it gives you an idea of the change, the evolution, and if I can say the vibrancy of the market. This is why I think Indonesia is, is a great place to be at this stage. And for Western companies, what do you think are some of the biggest opportunities? Well, I think first of all is the size of the market. This is um, an economy that has passed the $1 trillion uh, this year. I mean, I think it's the 16th largest economy in the world. And they are aiming by 2035 to become the fifth largest. Okay. And that uh, naturally all big companies are trying to establish a very clear footprint in Indonesia. Now, to answer to your question, we need to distinguish category by categories. Find that you have already very well established businesses like you know Unilever, Nestle that are well over a billion dollars revenue in Indonesia, and that tapping into this big population, uh, as I said earlier, the emerging middle class which is growing very fast, uh, where we say naturally a significant quantity of millenniums because the demographic are very very positive here in Indonesia with a very young population. 
which it's a little bit different than other Asian countries like Japan, for example, where you have a population which is getting older every year. And, um, and naturally, I, I will say, again, size of the business, but also I think what is very attractive, it's a government today which one is trying to improve the ease of doing business, trying to pass new regulation to enable foreign investment to come into market and try to find it easier, fighting corruption also. And naturally, tapping into this huge uh, market that there is for all FMCG. Now, I'm going to be honest, um, it's, it's not always as, as easy as possible because there is also sometimes a bit of a tight regulatory environment in, in different categories. But I think the opportunities here, as I said, a very flourishing economy, big population, middle class improving on purchasing power on the rise. Okay. And I think it's quite normal, or at least from what I've seen, there's really a mix heading up these companies, a mix of locals and expats that are, are leading uh, Western companies in Indonesia. In your opinion, you know, 25 years from now, who do you think will be leading Western companies in the region? Yeah, I think you're right. Currently, you know, one of, if I look at my risk metrics in, in the Azure Indonesia, our number one risk is talent. Because we still have a lack of capability in the marketplace. One means that Indonesia is trying to uh, narrow that gap, but it's going to take a few years or a few decades. Why that you question around 20, 25 years, it takes more or less a generation. I think that by then, Indonesia will be able to produce the right level of capabilities in the current industry, but also in the emerging industry. As I told you earlier, it's a country which is driven by a significant digitalization of his world. And, and I think they will have the capability in market. Now, from a leadership perspective, I think there is a lot of work that needs to be done, especially if Indonesia wants to be competitive. And when you are aiming to become the fifth largest economy in the world, you want to be competitive. That, um, to answer to your question, today there is still, with multinational, a big percentage of expats that are leading the multinational I will suspect that in 20, 25 years, you will see a, a favorable swings towards locals because I think that they will be developed functionally on, from a leadership perspective. Right? That this is more or less that, you know, big multinational like us, we are betting in and we're investing in talent to make sure that our business will be led by locals in, in the next few decades. And for you, I mean, having a, a Western background or coming from a developed market, how do you think it's possible to succeed in, in Asia where things are quite different? You know, I, I've been touring the world, right? That, you know, I had the opportunity to be in, in Americas and in Africa and, and, and in Asia. And I will say Asia is very different being French. I think you need to uh, leave aside your own, if I can say, assumption and, and making sure that you try to embed yourself with the local culture. Again, I don't have much more experience than Indonesia, but what I've learned in Indonesia, it's, first of all, Indonesia are very respectful on, on the sense of respect. It's something that is really, really important. It's not the fact that we try to be unrespectful, but it's such to a limit that, for example, when you move into the corporate world and you are in trying to embed a culture of feedback, uh, it's very difficult for people to receive feedback in front of others because they call that losing face, okay? Right? That you need to be very respectful of the culture on making sure that the way that you act as a manager, as a leader, is changed and evolved based on the local culture. And when it comes to coaching, feedback session, you know that you need to do one-to-one -one session 
and you try to avoid um, actually a direct feedback to people. There is that need to really understand the cultural environment, flex your leadership style, flex the way that you approach you know, some of the challenges or opportunity that you have to make sure that people are feeling that you understand them and you have the way to inspire and motivate them through their own culture. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit that idea concept of globalization. You, you can have global concept, but you need to localize them. And from the volatility point of Indonesia or really any developing market, how does your leadership style change because of that volatility? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, there is different level of volatility, okay? Through my career, I went through extreme level of volatility in market like Ethiopia um, or some other market in Africa where it's um, that volatility drive you into a crisis management type of leadership that you need to embed. And to answer to your question, I think volatility tests you to an extreme. To have the ability to stop, think, and decide, you need to make sure you control your emotion through volatility. You need to avoid to overreact on the moment. And, and I think the way to do that is, first of all, be confident on the strategy that has been put in place, but also be flexible, understanding that volatility will bring change that you might have thought about or might not have thought about, right? that you need to be flexible. And after that, I will say that you need to be very collaborative. And you need to listen a lot of locals that... Um, have sometimes more experience than you on managing volatility because they sometimes they, they grew up through volatilities. I that to answer to your question, it's volatility tests you to a certain level that you try to control emotion, you, are, you try to make sure that you bring a more collaborative style, you embed everybody's opinion, and after that you will be able to give clear direction based on your experience or what you want to deliver strategically. But I think for me, it has been really something where you need to stay focused, show the right level of resilience, and alternately showing to your team that you care about the outputs on, on the volatility. And when mm-hmm. I'm saying output, it's, it's not only, you know, purely performance driven, it's also that people and what is going, how you protect your own people, okay? Because volatility can go in a, in a very big umbrella, you know? And what do you think an experience like your experience currently in Indonesia can bring to your your career and your CV? Yeah, that's a very good question. And here I will try to make it slightly more. Let me give you a bit of context. Indonesia is the largest Muslim population in the world. And as you know, I'm working for the Asia, which is the global giant in alcohol beverage. Even though Indonesia is a Muslim, or is a moderate Muslim uh, approach, right? that this is why we can sell alcohol beverage here. And I'm telling you that by, because it's important to understand that we are operating under a very regulated environment. I mean, that difficult access to market, very high level of duties into our product, making it uh, not so affordable for, you know, the average income here. Right? That to answer to your question, first of all, there is the, naturally the cultural aspect. It helped me to grow, uh, to get a new experience, understand new culture, and after that, understand a new environment. As I told you, very regulated by that. It's how do we navigate through this environment to one, try to advocate for a slightly more flexible environment, more favorable environment for the industry. And there is all that work into helping to reshape the environment and working with uh, lawmakers to make sure that we help the industry. 
And, and after that, I think it's always great to see different trading environment, okay? Here, for me, it's the first time where what we call general trade, you know, tra very traditional trade, very Asian type of trade, you know, small pops and mom and pops um, type of stores are so dominant in the total mix of our uh, outlet universe. I that, uh, you know, it's a different logistic, different route to market. And, and naturally, it's also different consumer with different habits, different occasion, different behaviors. I think to answer to your question, this is the enriching part. This is where you grow as a multinational leader uh, through a cultural enhancement, but also learning from a new working environment, new leadership skill developed to lead a new type of people, but also having the ability to shape new strategy based on local trends and that are evolving so fast. Uh, this is what I'm looking for. And I think for myself, it's enhancing my international experience because it's such a different environment than what I've experienced before in America and Africa. Well, Christoph, I appreciate all of your insight into Indonesia. And it seems like a very exciting time to be there now. And I appreciate you joining us on the Career Success Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Lauren. It was a pleasure. And um, well, wish you good luck.